Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the leaders sparking the rise of Bentonville, one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities in the United States, nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. Hey, I'm your host, James Bell, and it is my pleasure to share the studio today with Jackie Roach, who is Executive Director for Northwest Arkansas for Best Friends Animal Society. Best Friends is working to save the lives of cats and dogs, give them a second chance, and uh, give them happy homes. And I'm thrilled to say that Best Friends is also opening a community-based resource center here in Bentonville. And then we'll be talking about that today. And then Jackie, by the way, is also co-founder of Tasha Blue Rescue. Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, let's get started. Uh, what should the Bentonville, Be- the Bentonville Beacon audience know about you? That is such a tough, tough question to answer. You know, I I think I spent uh, the first three decades of my career making it really easy for people to buy things that they didn't need. It was not super fulfilling, you know, from that, you know, heart standpoint. Mm-hmm. It was a fun career. It was successful career. But now I get to wake up every day and feel like I can make an impact and people every day show me pictures of their pets on their phones. And I get to do that for a living. I think that's so cool. That is awesome. What, what I didn't hear in there was something we were talking about before the show. <laughs> so I have to ask now, uh, tell me about coffee. I'll just okay. leave it there and let you explain. So, yes, um, I in the early 90s, mid 90s, I guess, before it was cool to mm-hmm. um, have craft roasted coffee, I owned a coffee roasting company in Omaha, Nebraska. And at the time I sold the business, the terms of the sale was that I would get coffee for life. So um, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I feed my my habit. Well, as a as a uh, cup every ninety minutes guy, I, I understand. Right. <laughs> um, so the focus of this show today is on Best Friends Animal Society. But first, I'd love it if you could tell the audience about Tasha Blue Rescue. That is, tell us what's the story. You know, what inspired you and your co-founders to uh, start the organization? Absolutely. So I was at that time, I was volunteering at the at a animal shelter in Omaha, Nebraska. And I was probably in the back areas where I probably shouldn't have been as a volunteer and came across this really scruffy looking dog that just, I don't know, there was something about the look in her eyes. And I looked at her paperwork and in red Sharpie, it said PTS on her, on her paperwork. And I didn't know it naively. I didn't know what that meant. And I found out it meant put to sleep. And I I was just, I was moved by that. And I'm like, no, this animal's going to go home with me. And if there's something wrong with her, at least, you know, she'll end her life with a family. And um, as it turns out, she actually lived a really great life. And I would look at her and I think, he almost died and you didn't need to. And so I thought, well, you know, maybe somebody should do something. And that somebody, I guess, was me. And the other thing was that really disturbed me about 
the shelter that I volunteered at was that I, I was a volunteer adoption counselor and people would come in and adopt animals. And they're so excited. They're with their families. They're taking home a, 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 a new dog or a new cat to go home. And they're so excited. They go up to the front and they go to sign their adoption contract and pay. And the customer service was so horrific. Mm. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, that experience shouldn't be that way. There was, there's so much more that, you know, people should have a good experience when they're adopting an animal. And I just kind of felt like I wanted to do my own thing and, and treat people the way they deserve to be treated. Yeah, absolutely. You know, thinking about what you said about PTS, uh, my, my dog that I had the longest, this dog Bailey was like, I described him as a great North American generic black supertension hound. I love it. That's and, and anybody, anybody who knew the personality of the dog would completely understand that. But he was a lab that didn't grow up that big. And I got hit. I was his third person by his fifth month. And the second person effectively took him from the first people when they said, when they had a bunch of puppies running around and said that, uh, you know, well, he was the run of the litter and they're, and they're like, oh, I want to take this with this one with me. And they said, feel free, because if you don't, we're shooting him tomorrow. We have too many. And I thought, that's oh, awful. awful. And so, you know, just like dogs deserve better lives than that. We don't even deserve them. And so I'm glad to hear that you were able to rescue a, a dog from that fate. So Tasha's focused on a couple of specific mm-hmm. breeds. And I'm curious to learn. Uh, will you share or, or speak to the role of animal or breed-specific rescues and why that's needed and and why they sh- folks should support organizations like Tasia? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I guess if I had to do it again, maybe I wouldn't have created something that had those kind of specific barriers, but we we fit a niche. You know, the organization fits, fits a niche. Mm-hmm. But all of those rescue organizations work to either help owners that need that can no longer care for their pets or like Tasha does which um, focuses primarily on shelters that you know need to create capacity by moving animals out you know taking those dogs into their care you know we're all part of this cycle of saving pets and you know a municipal or or private animal shelter um, needs to use all those levers mm-hmm. to find positive outcomes for pets and part of that is Having those relationships with the private rescue groups, whether it's cats or breed specific or, you know, all breed or whatever it is, or transport partners to be able to achieve their life-saving goals. And, you know, it's just all part of the process. A very important piece. Awesome. So how did your experience, I mean, getting a pretty good guess here, but how did your experience with uh, Tasha lead you to join Best Friends? Well, you know, it's it's, the other uh, founding partner was my husband. We had no idea what we were doing. Okay. I mean... I wasn't even a dog person. I met my husband and I told him at the time I met him, I told him we'd never have dogs. I was a cat. I mean, I was a cat person. We would never have dogs. And, you know, now we, that's, you know, where we focus, (laughs) but yeah, I, um, we didn't know anything. We went to, we wanted to soak up as much knowledge from experts as we could. And so we attended a best friends national conference and just, we both, you know, divided and conquered and went to all sorts of sessions, took copious notes. We'd spend the evenings talking and brainstorming about, you know, how we could create more capacity, how we needed to focus on shortening a length of stay, how could we, we could maximize the marketing. And it 
you know, we really kind of learned from best friends and from all the other experts that best friends brought into the organization. We, we just kind of bought in. So I, you know, I feel like I've been part of best friends and part of that, part of the learning and education that best friends is so good at for, you know, a long time now, 13 years. So. Well, what a neat way to sort of get in. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about best friends. Will you talk about, uh, tell our audience about best friends and its mission? Yeah. Best friends, animal society. The mission is um, to bring about a, a time when there are no more homeless pets. And right now we're super focused on ending the killing of shelter cats and dogs by 2025. And, you know, I think you hear the term no kill. And I think that confuses people, but words are pretty important mm-hmm. and they're pretty intentional. The word euthanasia means mercy. And we understand that there are going to be some animals in shelters that are too sick or too injured or too behaviorally not sound to make it, you know, to work into the community or to, to be adopted. And so no kill is just really a benchmark. We look at 90% save rate um, from a shelter as being considered no kill. And so we're working with every shelter and every community to try to, to help them achieve that and to help them improve their life saving. That's very cool. Um, I'm, I'm inspired by that goal of uh, no kill. That's that's awesome. It really is. It's fascinating. And it's so much fun to watch and watch the progress. Yeah. So what inspired Best Friends then to uh, put a community-based resource center here in Bentonville? Well, you know, that's pretty unique because I don't think Bentonville was on Best Friends radar, mm-hmm. but there was a group of of folks, I mean, just like you and I, that wanted, you know, something better for the pets in Bentonville. At the time, there was no Bentonville Animal Shelter on the horizon like there is now. And, you know, these advocates just really wanted wanted something better for pets in this community. And there was an RFP that was submitted through the Walton Family Foundation and Best Friends, you know, came in and did an assessment of Bentonville and of Northwest Arkansas and determined that, yes, Bentonville could and support could support an animal shelter. And as we started looking at the area and looking at Northwest Arkansas as a whole, really felt like this was such a unique area Mm -hmm. um, that it was, there were urban parts, there's rural parts. It was kind of a microcosm of, of, of America. Yeah. And could we really kind of create and shape what a shelter of the future could look like here? And here we are getting ready to open. So very exciting. That's awesome. Well, can you talk about the operation and design of your new facility? And in particular, how this center is different from traditional animal shelters? Yeah, it's and it's it's very different. In fact, and it's it's not an animal shelter. There's no cages or kennels in cool. in the building. It is really designed to be more for people than it is for pets. And if you think about an animal shelter. An animal shelter is a very transactional place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's only a handful of things you go to an animal shelter for. You would go to maybe get your your license, your pet. Maybe you lost your pet and animal control officer found it, brought it to the shelter. So you're going to go pick up your pet or you're going to go adopt. But it, it's still a very transactional sort of thing. What we want to do, the idea of community supported sheltering is inviting the community in to help be part of the solution as we reach out to the community in need. And so that's what really the center is all about. That is very cool. So there's a few specific services and programs I'd love to ask about, then have you also share after that, you know, more 
uh, what the services are that you provide. Let's talk about fostering pets. Uh-huh. This area is really interesting to me. What are the benefits of having animals in foster homes? And what's the role of the center in supporting those families to sure. do that? You know, foster care is really important. An animal shelter is a very dangerous, unhealthy place for a cat or dog to live for a lot of different reasons. It's really hard. You know, disease can be very prevalent. It can spread very quickly. Just the environment of being in a cage and seeing other animals is very stressful for an animal, as well as the fact that, you know, if an animal shelter is at capacity, they may have to make some hard decisions Mm -hmm. to create new capacity. So it's just it's not a safe place for an animal to be. And, you know, we've taught the public for years and years, you know, you find a stray animal, take it to the animal shelter, you know, not necessarily maybe the right thing to do. Maybe there's things that you can do in your own neighborhood to, mm-hmm. to help find that, that animal, you know, reunite them with their, with their owners. But so foster care is a way for a shelter to bring in an animal, place it in a home. And now all of a sudden we not just see the animal going circles in a kennel or just laying there taking a nap. We now know personality traits. We know whether or not the the cat uses its litter box. We know whether or not the dog is house trained. We know if the dog is high energy. We know if, you know, this dog likes to sleep in bed. You know, we can share this information. And I think that really helps when you make that adoption connection to be able to share this information. Otherwise, it's kind of a surprise. You're like, oh. We'll see what happens when I get home. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I can imagine if you if you're uh, not the type of person who likes to sleep in the bed with a dog, and the dog's like, "No, that's that's where that's I'm going." Where I'm going? Yeah. yeah. I uh, the dog I mentioned a moment ago. My next door neighbor laughed at me when she found out I had a dog at that time, and so she was uh, an elderly lady, and she's like. The first day I let him in the house and she's like, that dog's going to be sleeping in bed with you by the end of the week. <laughs> and on day two, he made it past the kitchen. On day three, he made it into the hallway. And by the end of the week, sure enough, that's where yep. he slept for the next 15 years. <laughs> you know, and the other thing I love about fostering is that, you know, I think for families that foster, what a great thing to teach your children and, and to teach them that, mm-hmm. you know, we can bring an animal into our home. We can be part of this process of saving this this animal, saving this life, and helping them, you know, make that transition on, you know, to the next to the next family. Yeah, that is so yeah. cool. So, for folks who may be wondering if they qualify or should foster pets, what advice do you have for them? What should they do next? You know, do you like the animals? <laughs> It's pretty much no. Um, seriously, I, I think it is important because I've always had a foster. I've had a foster dog in my house for the last 13 years, and it's been rare. It's a rare time when I don't have a foster dog. But it's really important that you think about what is it I, I want? You know, if I'm working 60 hours, I probably don't want a high energy one year old. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is someone for everyone. If I'm working 60 hours a week at my job, I could probably foster a cat. That'd probably be pretty easy. I could probably foster a dog that's recovering from medical issues or maybe has heartworm disease that can't be super active. So I think really understanding what you want first and and then, you know, finding the right one for you is is pretty perfect. You know, I would check if you have an if you rent, you know, check and make sure you can have a pet. Yeah, you bet. Or you can do it quietly, but <laughs> 
We won't tell if we you are doing anybody. that out there. <laughs> That's cool. Well, talk about also the uh, community pantry. What's that all about? And how does it support pets and their families? Yeah. So, you know, the community pantry is great. I just read a statistic that 28, I think it's 20, no, it's 29 million families that own pets are on human services like SNAP. Mm -hmm. You know, but we don't have those kinds of programs to help people feed their pets. And, you know, owning a pet, having that pet companion shouldn't be a privilege. And so we want to open up the pet pantry where we can receive donations from the community and we can help support community members that might need a little extra help feeding their pets. And that's really what that's all about. And the cool thing about it is it really all starts with a a pet care navigator, which is a web-based tool that folks needing any kind of pet service can at least start their process there, whether they need training tips or they need a little help with pet food, they might need some veterinary care, um, or maybe they just need to know where to go to find a a birthday cake for their pet. You know, they can they can go to the pet care navigator, find services, um, and and find access um, through that, and and then we can connect them to the resources that they need. That's cool. I mean, I, I'm just thinking out loud here. Have y'all connected any corporate organizations that could support like? providing pet food. Hey, I'm looking at you, Fitzsimmons Foods. That's who I'm thinking about here in Northwest Arkansas. We have a lot. Don't want to call you out. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of partners and we'd love to have a lot more. Um, There's a a lot of folks that, you know, that have have pets. Arkansas is one of the largest pet-owning states in the country. I think we're fifth largest or something with fifth or seventh largest in the country. Wow. Okay, so you even offer vet services, spaying, neutering, and and other uh, services for income-qualifying families. Yes. What I'm really hearing here is a theme that's prevalent in a lot of things here in Northwest Arkansas, and it's about access, mm-hmm. right? Access, 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 and everything that we've discussed. But for, I, I like this because you're helping people give their pets the lives that their pets deserve and the medical care that they deserve. Will you talk about the importance of this and... I guess, share more of the uh, vet services that mm-hmm. you do offer. Yeah. Um, you know, every pet deserves access to care. And studies will show that your human, um, human health, human emotional health is directly connected to your ability to provide veterinary care to your pet. And um, 28% of people cannot afford veterinary care for their pets. And so it's definitely a need. There's a a veterinary shortage right now across the country. And you combine that with, you know, Arkansas, a state with a lot of rural areas, there's a lot of just, there are no veterinarians within a driving distance. So access is, is a real challenge with veterinary care. Now our clinic will support the animals that we bring in as well as we want to support the shelters and rescues here. We've heard from a lot of veterinarians in the community that they're having, they're struggling keeping up the demand with their own clients. And yet, you know, the rescues and shelters are needing, um, needing services. So we want to be able to take some of that burden off of them so they can focus on, on their clients. We also want to help with the outdoor unowned community mm-hmm. cats that need to be spayed and neutered um, and make sure that folks can bring those cats in, get them vaccinated and spayed and neutered and return them to their homes, you know, without a big financial impact. We want to provide microchips and vaccination clinics. We'll have those a couple times each week. 
And then, of course, you know, for folks that, you know, that that need that access to care, we want to either help provide that care or help find the services that can help them do that. Awesome. That's very cool. So it sounds like the community can expect them microchipping. I think you are doing some education. Anything else? Oh, yes. We're going to have lots of fun activities, too. Awesome. One of the things that we did a design inspiration trip when we were getting ready to build this building and we went to the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry and they had this really cool space and we kind of reimagined it into what a volunteer space could be like. And if you've ever volunteered, and I'm sure some of your listeners have volunteered in an animal shelter, you don't even typically have a place to put your keys um, or your phone or your purse. You know, you just lock them up in, in your car and hope for the best. But we created this space that is front and center at the, at the Pet Resource Center. I can't wait for you to see it. Yeah. And people can come in and, you know, we'll have DIY makerspace craft projects left and right. So, you know, we might have some opportunities for people to make cat blankets that we'll distribute to shelters across the state. Or maybe we'll do some, we'll stuff some Kongs and then deliver them to the shelters, you know, here in Northwest Arkansas. So, I mean, there's just a lot of things, fun things, activities to really connect people and pets and also invite the community into the mission and the work that we're doing and and encourage them to help. Oh, I I can picture me and my family coming out to do that. That That's definitely going to happen. Well, let me ask, how does one sign up to be a volunteer and how many volunteers do you need? Is there a limit? There is no limit. No, awesome. we, we need lots and lots of volunteers. I feel like every day I'm saying to my, my team, we need a volunteer for that. We should have a volunteer leader for that. We should, you know, let's recruit some volunteers. So absolutely. Best friends, bestfriends.org okay. slash NWA. Perfect. Well, this is exciting. It is that, very exciting. My goodness. I, I love it. You know, Bentville has this history and at least more and more in the last, say, 10 to 15 years of showing the world how to live and and not just saying it, but actually doing it. And I feel like this is more of that, that Bentonville gets to model what this should look like through the work of uh, of best friends. And I really appreciate that we're going to get the opportunity to help pets live the best lives that they deserve through the work that you're doing. Yeah, and I think ultimately that's what we want to do is to rethink how we're thinking about animal shelters. That's been one of the challenges in building this project is there is no roadmap. This is the first of its kind to be this community supported resource center from the ground up. But is this a model then that other shelters can follow? Are there pieces and parts that they can take from that? And, you know, we're going to see lots of shelters and shelter leaders coming in and, and learning and, and observing what we're doing here. And hopefully we can, you know, we can be that inspiration for for others. Yeah, you bet. Okay, so let's talk about Bentonville and your okay. experiences here. You're from Nebraska, yes. I take it, uh, and uh, seen your background working with a lot of brands. We've talked a little bit about it here. I can make some guesses, but how did you end up in Bentonville? I came to Bentonville for this job, for this project. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Absolutely. And well, will you share your thoughts on Bentonville's business community and the people and the culture here? And how this has impacted your work so far with Best Friends? It's like it's like no other place I've ever been. It's really incredible. The community is so open and willing to listen and to help. I mean, whether it's Bentonville Brewing Company putting, you know, photo frames of adoptable dogs, you know, with QR codes, you know, and just or hosting events for us or... 
Um, we've been leasing space with Coolwag. And I mean, everyone just wants to be part of it. It's, it's, it's just really a, a unique, a unique thing. That's cool. Well, how has uh, Bentonville's culture enriched your life personally? How's it helped? How's Bentonville helping you live your best life? You know, there's nothing I miss here. And I, I kind of thought I, I might. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really don't. The, the restaurants are fantastic. My husband and I are both vegetarians and we thought maybe that would be a mm -hmm. struggle. It's not. You know, I, it's, it's just really been a, a really, really wonderful opportunity. I feel very connected. I can, I go places and people know me. I've only lived here four and a half years. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, before no, Omaha is not that big, but it's still very anonymous, you know, when you go places and I feel very connected here. That's cool. I uh, mentioned restaurants, being a vegetarian. Okay. I got to know, where do you eat when you're a vegetarian in Northwest Arkansas? Just about anywhere, but you know, okay. a preacher's, preacher's son, the hot, I mean, there's really no place, I, almost everywhere I can go and order something. Wonderful. Will you, what do you do in your free time? I mean, you mentioned <laughs> restaurants and so on, but what else do you do uh, here in Bentonville and across the region? Yeah, I, I love live theater. So I'm a theater squared mm -hmm. junkie. Love to do that. I love to, I've got dogs of my own. I've got quite a few. So, you know, we like to go explore the trails and go for walks and, and just enjoy the beautiful scenery. Awesome. I love Theater Square too. My wife and I just went for the first time, finally, just last week. We went to see Kim's Convenience. Thank you. I'm going on Sunday. <laughs> it was fantastic. You're really going to enjoy yeah. it. Tell me a story. And this is a hashtag because Bentonville story. It doesn't take very long to start racking up these stories, but pick one out of a, a moment or a full-fledged story that you feel like could only happen here or describes the essence of this place. Oh, you know what? This is going to spill over outside of Bentonville into sure. all of Northwest Arkansas, but Christmas Day this year, I was kind of settling into the afternoon, ready to relax. And I happened to look at my phone and there was a message on there. And I found out that the Springdale Animal Shelter, their pipes burst and oh they were without electricity. And I thought, oh, why is it always on holiday? But so I, I got on my email and I thought there is no way, there is no way that I'm going to find anybody to help until tomorrow. And I, I threw out a bunch of emails to a handful of folks at now probably three o'clock in the afternoon on Christmas day. Within maybe an hour, I had a text that 12 of those animals, 12 animals at this shelter were going to be picked up and were going to be sleeping in foster homes that night. The brand new person in charge at the Centerton Animal Shelter. I, I don't even know that he knew he was in charge of the Centerton Animal Shelter yet, but <laughs> Captain Kelly uh -huh. committed to helping with three. I had Clay Morgan from Humane Society for the animals in Rogers was like, yeah, I can pick up, I'll pick up several tomorrow. And big pause of the Ozarks, Kayla, you know, emailed me and she's like, I can pick up, you know, I can get 12. And we were able to move out about 50% of the animals that were in the Springdale Animal Shelter to, to various places all over, you know, mo mostly Rogers and, and Benville Centerton area. And that gave the folks at the Springdale Shelter fewer animals to take care of because mm -hmm. they were without electricity, fewer animals to feed. It gave them a little bit of just space to work and, and you know, fix the pipes and do what they needed to do. And it was so unique and it was so special. And you know, I, I wasn't surprised that people stepped up to help. It was, 
you know, the fact that it was Christmas Day and people dropped what they were doing to help. And that was pretty, pretty wonderful, pretty incredible. I love that story. What advice would you give to people who maybe haven't been to Northwest Arkansas or to Bentonville yet and is wondering if this place might be for them? Maybe they're looking for a change in scenery personally or for their business. What advice would you give them? Oh, they've got to check it out. I mean, you know, I had my own perception of what Bentonville, Arkansas would be. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I've been really completely blown away by it. And I think what's really unique and is the successful independent small businesses are so supported here. Mm-hmm. I love that about this area because, you know, it's home of home of the fortune one. Yeah. And yet so many independent small businesses thrive. And I think that's really unique and really special. Yeah. Well, I remind people every day that more than 98% of our businesses in Bentonville and across the region, it's also true, uh, have fewer than 100 employees. Wow. So we're not that different from other places, (laughs) even though we have all these other amazing organizations. Okay, Jackie, a few questions we start rep- as we start wrapping up. Okay. This first one is it's kind of a random. If you could be any animal and it can't be a cat or a dog. So if you could be any animal other than a cat or dog, what would you be and why? <laughs> oh, wow. You know, I think I would be a wolf. I okay. think I would be the alpha female. And... I, it, if you ever study wolf packs and how they take care of each other mm. and, you know, there's, there's an order for things and everybody kind of does their job and takes care of the pack. I like that. It's very community. Awesome. Other than best friends and also not including Deja, what's your favorite role you've ever had and why? That's tough. Cause I've had a lot of really cool, really cool jobs. Um, my first job out of college, I was a VIP and celebrity tour guide at Walt Disney World. So I just don't That's think, easy. you know, I, I rode rides for two years. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would be really difficult to pick out any other job. <laughs> top that. That's pretty solid. If somebody wants to reach you, you mentioned the website earlier, yeah. but if somebody wanted to reach you directly or, or they want to know more about Best Friends, uh, how do they do that? Yeah, Jackie R at bestfriends.org shoot me an email. I love to hear from folks and I love to see their pet pictures. So send me those. I love it. I'll show you some pet pictures after we're done I'm here. I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last question, Jackie. Yeah. Uh, what's something I should have asked you, but did not ask? Oh. Uh, you know, one of the things that's really cool about best friends and, and I, I'm, this is something I'm really proud of because I was brought here to work on this project and I was one person that moved into this community. Mm. We now are, you know, have a staff of 34. Actually, I think we might have a couple open positions still, but we are a staff of 34. And Best Friends has made such a cool commitment to their staff by paying not a you know, competitive wage, but a living wage to our animal caregivers and really putting value on the work and that everyone does for the organization. And I just think that's really, really cool and really special and something that doesn't get talked about a lot. That's wonderful. Jackie, thank you so much for spending time yeah, with me and the vegan audience today. Yeah, you bet. You know, I can't wait to uh, check out the facility when it's open. I can't wait for the day when my family's finally ready for a dog again, really when my wife's ready for a dog again. But Let I can't talk wait to for her. the day. We have a two and a half year old boy at home. And that's a lot. It's going to happen. Right. At some point that boy yeah. is going to want a dog. 
Uh, and I can't wait for that day. Uh, but thank you for the work that you're doing and that Best Friends is doing to help pets and their people uh, have the best lives uh, that they deserve. And thank you to our Bentonville Beacon audience. Without you, we couldn't do this show. So keep coming back. Visit BentonvilleEconomicDevelopment.com to see all of our episodes or check out your favorite podcast player. Of course, hit subscribe and keep coming back to learn more about Bentonville and its leaders and businesses and about Bentonville in Northwest Arkansas, this place where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon podcast. We hope to see you next week.